Thank you for downloading the podcast of the local paper review with the Romford Recorder and Time 107.5. Enjoy. The local paper review as we have a look at uh, what's been happening in the local papers today, joined by Laura Burnip, uh, Beth Wyatt and Ben Vaughan. Uh, it's the first two from the newspapers. Ben, we know he's from the radio. Should have explained it one at a time as we went along. Uh, and we get to go through and see what's been happening in the papers. Before we do, first of all, hello everyone. How's hello. tricks? Hello. How's it, so, uh, Laura, how's life? It's good. Uh, Beth, what's, ha- yeah. what's the haps? Busy week, really, hasn't it, this week? Quite quite a tiring one. Lots oh, it's, of them. It's always a tiring one. <laughs> uh, ben, how's the world of radio? Yes, uh, well, there's been a big breaking story this week. Dun, 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 which is what? My back. Yeah, you didn't break it though. You made it sound like it's, you've yeah. you've only just damaged it a bit. I mean, yeah, no, is it all right? Sprained it. I'm being a bit dramatic. Yeah, for, for sensationalising, you know, as we like to do. If you'd have warned me, I'd have, I'd have had some sound effects involved. That would have been great. Uh, so let's delve into the papers and see what's the the first one. What's happening? So first up is the story which is on the front of this week's Ilford Recorder, and it's all about cabbies. Um, they have been campaigning, they've been lobbying uh, a parliament um, over unfair conditions, which mean that uh, black cabs can't compete uh, with. To name one company, Uber, um, it's been a long-running uh, issue since Uber was given a license to operate in London, which I think was in 2012. Um, but the, this uh, this week, a delegation of Ilford North um, cabbies uh, were joined by the Ilford North MP, Wes Streeting, on a lobby to Parliament. Um, they basically want TfL to help them to be able to compete uh, and there's various reasons why they just can't charge the same um, fares as Uber and uh, that we've been talking to them about that. So, Is there, and I've heard a lot of, there's a, you know, the amount of argument that goes into this topic is, is amazing. Mm. Is there a slice of it that is, do you know what, this is technology moving on. It's the, it's the invention of the mobile phone that's the problem here. That's why Uber is so successful. And although black taxi cab firms have tried to use apps in the past, they've not been uh, all linked together, so they've not had the kind of universal uh, use, and they've not been as successful. Is that the thing that's happening? Well, possibly. I mean, maybe that's something that TfL could look at uh, bringing in. I know there are, there are apps, but obviously the, the kind of joy of, of Uber from a user point of view is that pick up your phone, you know, it takes normally about f- five minutes, uh, you know, car comes straight there, takes you home, uh, there's no money exchanged hand, it's all done, mm. you register your card. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the things that has appealed to a lot of people. But from uh, the kind of black cab driver's point of view, imagine that you've maybe even doing it for 20, 30 years, bought your own car, um, you know, and they're, and they're, they're quite pricey. Um, you've studied for, for years to pass the knowledge. Um, you've got to be, you know, fully licensed, fully insured, all of this. And then suddenly something comes along and TfL, which is your regulator, um, uh, uh, sort of, you know, allows someone to come in and compete who you just can't ever really match. Um, Mm. And then it doesn't seem like, I think think what they feel is that they aren't really being given a a choice. Um, A lot of them are saying that they're going to have to, they're going to have to leave, that, you know, they're going to have to, um, just how difficult their working conditions have become. and. So we'll mess up the order here and uh, we'll go to Ben on this one because speaking about the industry, um, imagine you work in an industry where people have been doing it for decades and technology comes along and replaces them. Hello, welcome to the world of radio. So the same thing, I used to work with loads of people who have all ended up jobless and one of them now sells telephones, bless him. Actually, that's not true, you got another job elsewhere. Um, so it's something that happened in this industry, could happen more. Is this, is this just a natural market force, Ben? What do you reckon? 
I think if we look at cabbies in particular, um, we've been covering this story. It's, it's been rumbling on for a long time. We've done a lot of work with um, Save Taxi campaign and action for cabbies and so on. Um, I think there are definitely two sort of clear sides to the argument of uh, with Uber, as Laura was saying, lots of benefits for the users, and it is yes, it is technology moving on. It is it's it's a new, a brave new world, if you like. Mm. Um, I've spoken to the London Assembly on this as well quite a few times, and they are very angry with Boris Johnson, very angry with TfL for not anticipating the arrival of companies such as Uber, uh, this app-based uh, booking service, and why on earth they haven't helped the black cabbies to get up to speed as well. Um, so. TFL, I think, have a lot to answer for here as well. Yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, in the world of radio, um, anyone who was user by technology just happened. But, but uh, Beth, this is different, isn't it? The people who are in charge, might, uh, they're holding the keys of the fairness. And so what do you think TFL should do? It's a difficult yeah. one, really. Into <laughs> the mic. Come on, let's get you closer yeah, to the mic. Here obviously quite um, a complicated issue here. But, yeah, I guess all of the um, the cabbies protesting, obviously, yeah, they feel that they do need some kind of support here, really. Because, um, obviously, as Laura was saying, Uber is very convenient. And I think there's probably a lot of people, perhaps, you know, I guess um, students and people who would be quite um, a lot of them users of Uber. They'll probably think, oh, I can't really afford a black cab. And, obviously, um, the issue with kind of the, um, the fares and the tariff mm. kind of going up. But they're the I ones mean, set by TfL, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I think it's definitely something that um, could be looked into more because, obviously, you know, you may think people kind of may be a bit not fearful that's the right word but you know they might think oh it's easier to just get an uber rather than get a black cab and then you know potentially you don't really know how much that's going to cost if you end up having kind of mm. a really you know kind of loads of traffic a bad journey and stuff and that meter's going to keep going up so i've never used uber but isn't there a thing with uh, what's the phrase it's not called on-demand pricing but what's the what's the word oh surcharging so that's the when trap, yeah. it's really busy for example during the tube strikes and that kind of thing um, well, what, that's one thing actually that one of the drivers we spoke to pointed out that they, because uh, TfL, they don't set a minimum tariff, they set a maximum tariff. But because of all the other things that you have to have, um, the kind of standards that you're held to as a cabbie, you mm. can't charge lower, you can't charge, um, you know, really low fares because you obviously got to make money. Um, whereas with Uber, they've just got so much more flexibility over that. Um, I mean, maybe one, maybe one thing to look at because... Uh, traditionally, I suppose when you get a black cab, it's in central London. It's you know you, you hail one, um, you go to you know either home or another part of London, um, central London. But I mean, maybe they could look at stopping Uber operating in central London. And have like two zones of it, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, just a suggestion off the top of my head, uh, but it's it's just such a tricky one. I mean, we talk about. I, I think that from the cabbie's point of view. They are experts. You know, they're expert. They know London like the mm. back of their hand. Um, you know, they've been doing it for years. But then just to throw in there, expertise is all very well, but when technology replaces it, you know, yeah. I, I'm <laughs> sure some people were great at whittling or some people, you know, some people might be able to knit, but when they invented the loom, all of a sudden their skills were less useful. So maybe technology replaces expertise. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. I mean, from their point of view, anyone's coming along, getting a car, getting a sat-nav, and, um, you know, I think that Uber drivers, they kind of get to choose their own hours as well. It's very... Um, kind of driven by the driver, if, if you know yeah. what I mean. Um, it's quite similar to journalism, actually. I mean, it's sort of 10, 15 years ago, advent of the internet, bloggers coming in, people saying, yeah. oh, is it the end of newspapers? Uh, 
but it's not because I don't think because what we have is that we have um, you know that kind of level of authority um, so I mean maybe that's one thing uh, that black cabs have got is their kind of iconic um, heritage that you know it's great to see a black cab kind of driving around London mm. they really are sort of an, an icon and um, you know maybe that's something that that, that well that is one thing that I suppose Uber's never going to be able to take away but mm. it's just whether TfL can help protect that well there needs to be some fairness in the industry isn't it there is there's a thing that I love about this though some some people who defend uh, Uber and like using it tend to be if you're going to try and group them like you know some some left wing living in London thinking it's great you know hey there's a big corporation charging more this is the market doing something good for once um, there's another way of looking at things like Uber it means that people have to buy their own car and work and have none of the benefits associated with actually being a proper employee and it's making a couple of people in America or wherever it's based very 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 rich the people in charge of Uber are, I mean, this is exactly the social disparity that we're meant to hate, the, the gap between the rich and the poor. You look at how much you earn as an Uber driver versus how much the guys in charge of Uber earns. That's a bigger gap than all of the industries that we hate. Throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, and by the way, this is a, dis- a discussion which I love having, and it will at some point be pointless. As soon as that, as soon as that uh, driverless car's in. You're done. Yeah, nice. yeah. And the Uber. night tube, the night tube. The to night be fair, tube, yeah. Once the night, if the night tube ever actually starts, yeah. then what's going to happen <laughs> you know. to all the night buses once the night tube starts? That's a good point. Mm, Where yeah. they go to die, yes. there'll be a field somewhere full of them just yeah. looking sad. We <laughs> actually had a nice cabbie story in Romford this week as yeah. well. Um, it was a guy who um, started doing his knowledge about 20 years ago and then um, sadly had an accident. And so he kind of went into another trade and um, ended up getting redundant and was like, oh, I quite fancy getting started on that again. And we actually had um, yeah, a picture of him in the paper this week and he's just passed it and he's now, oh, now, a, now a proper black club driver. So The stuff that you nice learned before one. he had his, uh, before his break. Or did he go and relearn that in case they've built stuff around there? Because if, yeah, he, if he, he learned the Docklands to, yeah. area 20 years ago, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be terrible. Yeah, my sat nav doesn't have any of Stratford or the uh, or the Olympic Park or any of that on it. So if I ever have to go and drive around there, just, just get show. lost. I thought you were going to say he came back and now he's working for Uber. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not, it's not for Uber. <laughs> uh, so story number Can two also on just the, say, yeah, Steve, yeah, before that... Um, if you uh, want to support the Black Cabbies, hashtag action for Cabbies campaign... Um, is wrapping up on Monday so your last chance to pledge to them uh, is Monday okay we've done a lot of work with them here on Time FM uh, in the news fr- over the last year any free rides back in response have you been getting any uh, <laughs> any benefits from this <laughs> I haven't actually no. oh, you uh, yeah that's a good point that's a good point yeah, keep it. Uh, yes, but parity and balance in an industry is certainly going to be needed. But we'll see what happens with that. What's story number two on the way? A little tease towards it. Story number two is it last orders for Haverings pubs? Afternoon, I'm Steve Allen. It's the local paper review. Laura Burnett, Beth Wyatt, Ben Vaughan together. You know, do you, do you ever watch Captain Planet? The cartoon is that anyone remember that? No. I mean, it wasn't really popular over here, <laughs> but there was a TV, there was a TV. I think Cartoon Network on cable came out, and I remember Captain Planet. Uh-huh. There was like five of them, but they could join together to form Captain Planet, and he would save the planet. And in many ways, that's what you people are. Oh, thank you, thank you. Team up and do and try and save the world of local journalism. Was he the eco hero? Yeah. Captain Planet is our hero, going to take pollution down to to zero. zero. I do remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And speaking of, uh, here we go, another another self-plug. Speaking of local journalism, um, because I don't know about, you're you're the experts in local papers, and I just mentioned, I was interviewed yesterday by the Portsmouth News, is what you tell me it's called. So there's going to be a special feature on TV in the Portsmouth News. And I mentioned the newspaper column here today. (laughs) Is that a good... When I get down to Portsmouth, because I'm doing a gig down there, if I get down there, because my agent will get me a copy of the newspaper, is it going to look as good as your newspaper? 
Wow. Probably not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Slam. Let's get an argument going. Um, and, and this week on the Run for Record, I'm on page four, I hear. You are indeed. Congratulations. Thank you is, that the, is that the top? Is that your oh, best? Ne- yeah, I've never. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't be on page three. So I'd say four is, is the peak. Is that all I can do? I, I, th- think, I think so. I've paged four for three weeks in a row now. That's, there's only down from here, isn't there? Yeah. Could be could be page thirty next week. Cheers, thanks for that vibe. <laughs> true. You, yeah. I think, keep it up. I think my lowest one was was a twenty four, wasn't it? I don't know. Oh, I, was I'm it? Or twenty six or something? Oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't we don't keep a record of yeah, it. Before yeah. I got a spreadsheet, it's fine. Um, so before we ruin all of my uh, self uh, esteem, let's go into story number two and see what are we talking about. Yes. So. Um, Item number two is about pubs. So obviously the kind of continuing um, sad decline of obviously the traditional pub. Yeah. Um, so it's a news and focus in the Romford Recorder this week. Um, just looking at um, some figures here. I mean, um, firstly, it says the Campaign for Real Ale has said 13 pubs in Havering have closed since 2010. So obviously that does sound quite high. Um, and so the article um, also has a look at the Pompadours in Harold Hill, which is the latest one to have closed. Um, I mean, it's kind of a bit of an uncertain future, really. It's um, all boarded up and plans for 25 new homes have um, actually been rejected by Havering Council. So you never know what's going to happen there. But obviously, as of now, it's shut. Um, And yeah, it's just kind of... Also having a look at some of the people who are happily having some success still running their pubs. Um, the Wheat Sheaf, for example, in Romford, um, the couple running that, um, that's still going really well. And then obviously um, we also have a look at the kind of the micro pub um, trend, which is kind of coming up now. Um, obviously the Upminster Tap Room is um, doing really well after that eventually went through after um, quite a long kind of period of wrangling. Um, between them and the council, so yeah, quite an interesting one this week. So if we if we lose good old fashioned proper pubs, and then you get some micro pubs, I mean that's that's still a contraction of the industry, isn't it? You can't be turning around as much money in a micro pub, can you? As you would in a, one of those large, fill the place up type pubs. The sector's still shrinking, isn't it? I imagine yeah. so, yes. And so why do we think this is? I mean, it's it does seem to be happening, and it's not just around mm, here, is it? All it's over everywhere, the place. Yeah. Why is this? I think we're witnessing a, a weird phase for that industry. Any ideas on why? What do they blame? Well, I think that a lot of it is just to do with so- with social change. Um, I feel like we've talked about this before, actually. But if you think back to sort of 30, 40 years ago, um, there's only, what, three channels on television, mm. um, no internet. I guess the, the place, you know, no social media, nothing like that. The place that people would go for entertainment a lot of the time would be to the pub. Um, it was probably more affordable um you know sort of communities kind of coming together like in the pub you know the classic like eastenders uh queen vic and all that sort of thing whereas now i think that unless maybe you're an ale enthusiast or maybe you've got a lot of friends who are also regulars at the pub you just wouldn't go i mean a lot of people i think especially in this area probably can't afford to go when it's sort of you know four quid a pint um, every time but I think that one of the things that's been mentioned in the articles as well is about the smoking ban mm. Mm. that perhaps a lot of the kind of traditional drinkers you go down have a couple of pints you know have a cigarette relax and now because smokers can't smoke in pubs anymore and they have to 
either sit outside it's not really the weather for that um they say that they'd rather just stay in and have a few drinks mm. um, but i think it's it's one of those issues where there's always a lot of things that are i mean people link it to the price of alcohol in supermarkets and they talk about sort of bringing the price yeah. up of that um so there's obviously a lot of factors going mm. on there i think the uh, the point that you make about social media or there's never been as much entertainment is probably like one of the strongest things mm. if you backtrack it through time as you get fewer and fewer sources of entertainment mm. pubs were more important to society so there's got to be a link there the th- that, when they say this thing about the the smoking ban though i remember the smoking ban coming in and i was doing stand-up back then so i was regularly going to pubs when this when people could smoke you do a gig it would smell horrible when you go home um and now there are fewer smokers so if there are fewer smokers the only people who could be affected by a smoking ban the only people who could opt out of drinking are smokers there are fewer of those so the impact from the smoking ban should be less Maths. Hashtag maths. Oh, I didn't really follow that, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can tell you didn't by the way. The the uh, yeah, non smokers can't be affected by a smoking ban and therefore no, they, so they all the non smokers would still go and drink. Yeah. Well certainly for for maybe younger people who start going to the pub, non smokers start going to the pub, there's not gonna be that attraction as much. Um I I imagine it's obviously anything that that stops people from taking up smoking is good. Mm. Um, Although if it's closing down an entire sector and therefore ruining a bit of the economy, but then again, it's saving lives, isn't it? Flip side. I don't know. I mean, the <laughs> other the other um, the other thing with this article, I think, is just that it's it's not necessarily that the pubs are shutting down because they're unsuccessful, they're not popular. It's because that land where they are is just worth so much to developers for mm-hmm. homes that it's just not really you know for for if it's a company who owns it for example it just wouldn't be financially viable if they're getting offered kind of all this money to mm. um to take it over so i imagine that a lot of the locations where where pubs are you know in the middle of housing estates for example where there could be um you know some extra homes mm. kind of put Bring on that money. site it's it's um mm. it's a difficult thing so i think that what often happens with um these kind of situations is that you get the the regulars will there's, there's certain things that they can apply for isn't there like to get protection for for the pubs like a community asset yeah. and that kind of thing so um Do you i think, think that's the thing that should happen then i mean protecting something like a pub only helps the people who want to go to the pub and actually if if society is saying we don't go out as often we don't need it and it's worth value in terms of property should maybe we just you know let it go there's no point. Leave it Boris, to the market. Yeah, Boris would call us Luddites, as he does to so many people. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's an interesting point, obviously, and with the massive demand for housing across all of the boroughs we serve, I mean, that's a really important question. But you, you could sort of say, I mean, if you said that about, you know, all of these pubs, I mean... You know, yeah, obviously it'd be good to have the extra housing, although it seems there's never going to be enough to kind of state that. Mm. But if you're just losing all of these community um, venues for people where people socialise and a lot of these regulars have been going to these pubs for, you know, so many years. And it's just kind of in some of these places when these pubs shut, it does kind of rip a little bit out of the community. So it's Mm. there's that side of it as well, really. I mean, if you're losing all of these. Yeah. And there's the cost of, you know, having people often say a lot of the things that we can complain about crime and stuff like that mm. is linked to there not being a feeling of community anymore. Yeah. If we get rid of pubs, maybe maybe the value of the pub is in all that extra effect, that secondary knock-on effect. Ben, um, we are witnessing the end of the pub. What should we do? Well, um, I don't know what we should do, really, Steve. Okay. I don't have so <laughs> no idea. Um, and I, d- I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, particularly. I mean, I think it's just one of those things that's changing. Mm. as so many other things are people are using black cabs less 
yeah. people are going to the pub less. I think it's also partly the fact as well that, that young people don't go out as much because as we said that with all the uh, with the internet and streaming services and so on um, online gaming as well people just don't go out as much mm. um, yeah, and also the cost of the pub is is ridiculous compared to what you can buy now in a budget supermarket yeah. and have friends over and things like that so my generation aren't going as much because probably because of the cost um, and the younger generation I mean when I was younger we used to have a phrase you know, going clubbing Hmm. I don't hear any young people using that anymore because I don't think they go clubbing anymore. And, and you don't hang around near young people That's as well. probably true. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, if you, can, if you can have a source of your entertainment without spending as much, especially as, you know, there's a good strong chance you'd be on a zero-hour zero contract, you can't be flinging all your money on rounds in a pub. It's to be expected. This is just going to happen. Well, this is thoroughly depressing, isn't it? <laughs> I thought a pub story was going to be the most uplifting part oh, of the show. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's obviously a lot of pubs. I mean, where I live, which is sort of, um, uh, it's well, it's a bit complicated. It's in between three boroughs, but it's it's kind of on the border with Redbridge. Um, there's a new pub opening around the corner from us. There's the pubs there seem to be doing really, really well. Mm. But I think a lot of that is, like I said, it's it's because of the the breweries and the ales and the food you know it's really quality stuff mm. it's not like um i don't think that maybe it's because of money maybe it's because i think a lot of young people are just drinking less or drinking less regularly um i think that you it's kind of more of a treat it's not kind of like a regular going to the pub for a few lagers kind of after work mm. Mm. um it's it's more kind of like a destination kind of special treat night out yeah. Um, I, I just think, I mean, there's, like we said, there's so many reasons for it, mm. but I think that a lot of it is probably just down to social change. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, maybe this is a controversial thing to say, but actually 13 pubs since 2010 in a whole borough did not, like that didn't sound that high to me. When you read about, it's sort of, you know, I don't know, however many pubs closing a week across the country. Yeah. And, and you read about it a lot and... I personally didn't actually think that that was probably in this area. Actually, yeah. there have been fewer closures than there have in other mm. other parts. Certainly, I would say for traditional pubs. Yeah, there is still a sense of that kind of that type of person who likes, uh, you know, to going also to a, yeah. in, in Havering than I would say probably in in Redbridge and in the world of stand up as well. More of the gigs are moving away from pubs. I play more art centres than pubs these days. It's a different kind of thing, but they're all licensed anyway, so people still have a night out, still have a yeah. drink. Mm. So maybe we drink in other places. I don't know, it's all confusing. <laughs> also, people go out for meals more than they used to as well, I think. Yeah. The, the, mm. the idea, it's, it's got a bit more continental. You go out for a meal, you have a drink with your meal and so on. Yeah. Um, and the gastro pub thing kind of happened, like, was that 10 years ago or so? That little phase of revamping an old yeah. pub into a gastro pub for yeah. that same reason. Mm. Maybe it didn't all stick. Well, some of them, some of them worked. I don't know. We'll we'll it's see. Got a bit it more traditional. Gone back to sort of the traditional ales, hasn't it? And and specialist ales and so on. That's where pubs are making their money now. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I turn up to so many for work, but as a person who doesn't really drink, <laughs> the idea of an ale just seems like the worst part of a of whatever. You know, the the brewing process just seems like it's making dirt doesn't it you just it's, it's the process of going off fermenting is something that rubbish and things you throw away does and we as a species went, i'll have a drink of that so i don't know not sure about it um, story, story number three what's going on with that story number three all i'm gonna say is on your marks get set slide 
We're doing the local paper review, uh, joined today by, well, in the studio part of it, uh, Laura Burnip and Beth White, who've both met uh, Stress Pig. You've met the uh, the Stress Pig that was on yesterday's show, officially named Pjork. We're we did, very impressed. We did a we, whole we thing like about it. the name. Other ones that were close, because he's a stress ball, mm. uh, Stressor Sanderson, Ursula Unstress, but we went with, uh, <laughs> with Pjork. I think that's the best choice of the Pjork. three, though. Yeah. Pjork. Short and sweet. Yeah, and it does what it says in the tent, pork, he's quiet. Pure. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and Ben Vaughan is with us as well as we go through some of the news stories. Just we've got a text coming in about pubs. You know, we're talking about pubs. Uh, mm. This texter, uh, by the looks of it with a made up name, says, Don't go into Romford pubs anymore. There are too many Time 107.5 staff or DJs in them. Fair enough. Best ba- place to avoid then. Banter hurts. <laughs> banter, banter hurts. Um, which should be the catchphrase of the show from now on. Um, so, story number three. What's uh, story number three? Story number three is from this week's Ilford Recorder, and it's about a new sport which has been invented by um, a bloke from Ilford called Vininger Irwin, who uh, I believe appeared on the very first episode of ITV's Gladiators, for, for those who remember that. Was um, he a contestant or one of the Gladiators? He must have just I think he was a contestant. Yeah. Wow, so it's even I less was, qualified. I was a bit too young <laughs> for it, but he's um, yeah, he um, co-manages the Ilford Sports uh, Sports Club in Ilford. Um, but he's invented a new sport called uh, I think its full name is Vininger Resistance Sliding. Um, Sounds scientific, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we and we've done a we've done a little feature about it here because it's been accredited. And it's going to be uh, show, demonstrated at the Redbridge Mini Games, which is a big event which all the primary schools take part in, which is in May. And then it's going to be rolled out to to other schools. Um, and what it involves is basically kind of pulling yourself. I mean, it, it's sort of in the name, really, but it's just sort of pulling yourself around on the floor um, in different positions. And it obviously works out different parts of your body. Yeah. Um, so it, it's... I think one of the main kind of attractions of it from the way that he's described it is that um, kind of anyone can take part, anyone of any age, um, any um, anyone with any sort of like physical disabilities or anything like that, there's still a way that they can kind of take part in it because there's different positions that you can do it in and that kind of thing. All you need is a floor. Yes, mm. exactly. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a, a bit of a sort of debate sparker as to whether... Um, you know, is this should this be an accredited sport? Mm. Because all right, so it's resistance training, but then so is doing um, uh, like preacher curls. But that's not a sport, is it? So you know, working on your working on the guns, as I like to call them, <laughs> um, that's not a sport. That's just working out. So is is this surely? I mean, I'm, I think I'm in the camp of this is working out, not a sport. Well, it's it's actually got sort of. Um uh, rules, if you like, um, as it says in the story, participants glide 13.4 meters on a specially created mat and try to be the first to reach the end. So, oh, so there's a name to it, yeah, yeah. And I think the idea of it is, I mean, we, we were talking about it a bit on the way here, and we said that it, I mean, it is a bit silly, um, but it also, I imagine, works out all sorts of different parts mm. of your body, and and um, if it's anything that kind of you know, if it's a bit silly, maybe it like children kind of, you know, they're having a bit of a joke and it's relaxing and, and maybe it's a good sort of sport that can kind of include everyone. Um, yeah, but then maybe my, my maybe my preacher curls should be a sport because there's a name to that. <laughs> and that is selling tickets to the gun show. Obviously, that's my main goal. And, uh, you know, that's my milkshake that brings people to yards. <laughs> 
<laughs> I suppose no, it is. Uh, yeah, okay. There's, it's good if people get involved in it. But then again, the same thing was said, because uh, offer you mentioned the bridge debate. Um, and the same thing was said about it getting, getting people involved, that mm. it should be considered a sport because loneliness is a, probably, it's going to be a bigger issue than our health uh, or a factor to our health and mm. actually working out in the future with people living longer. And bridge gets people to participate in something they wanted it to be a sport and they were said no to. So how comes that's a sport and your bridge isn't a sport? Well, this involves, um, I mean, I, d- I don't know, I suppose it depends h- how um, heated your bridge game gets, but this yeah. this obviously involves... Um, With these guns, of- it gets crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's physical activity, and we talked uh, before a few weeks ago um, about kind of the obes- obesity crisis in children, not doing enough exercise and that kind of thing. And I think in a way, you know, if it's anything, if it's something new, you know, they'll probably all want to try it out and maybe... Um, you know, if, if you're not the most kind of athletic child and you're maybe not very good at kind of tennis or 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 netball or running or whatever, but then something like this, you know, you can really kind of give it a go and it sounds mm. like good fun. And I imagine you probably don't even realise how much uh, you're using your, your muscles and things because, you know, at the end of the day, you're just kind of sliding along the floor on a mat. But um, hmm. okay, Beth, would you have a go at what I, what I want to refer to as the cha-cha slide? But I know it's <laughs> what's the name of it again? The ver. Oh, the it's Vininger resistance sliding. Vininger resistance sliding. If I uh, invite, if I gave you a free ticket to participate, would you have a go at that? Maybe I, I don't know. It's kind of like on the one hand, I think you would feel a little bit silly. I think it's something that you'd have to have a big group of you, and you were just all. Yeah. Like, you know, let's all just get involved, let's have a go, and then I, yeah. But if it was just kind of you on your own, joining <laughs> yeah. a group of strangers who were all, all doing it or something, yeah. Although if there's it only one go. person sliding around on the floor, it's one of those pubs <laughs> with a Time FM DJ in yeah, it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly, we've all done yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, but I suppose it is. I mean, do you do any... Oh, this is a very personal question, feel free to not answer. <laughs> do you regularly participate in an athletic sport? Um, I go to kind of um, exercise classes sometimes um, at a leisure centre, so I um, try to go at least once a week kind of sort of aerobics legs bums and tums circuit sort of thing so that's quite nice kind of group activity um also like a bit of jogging as does laura who's um training for a 10k well, if you say it on the radio it means i actually have to do it <laughs> yeah when's the dates let's put this in google yes yes when is the date uh it's in july it's the great new and run i think it's called at the olympic stadium um I haven't. I'm not very far into my training, but I've never been a runner, so it's sort of. Have you got an app that does interval training stuff? No. Oh, get an app that does. Interval. Just go. <laughs> just go for a nice little jog around mm, really. the flats. But the interval training thing will mean you improve quicker. I I got this app thing. I couldn't run either. Oh, was it the um, couch to five k one? It was couch yeah. to five k. And the <laughs> yeah. first day I did it, right, I thought because on the on day one of the, the week one training, you run for a minute and walk for a mm. minute and a half. I'm like, oh come on, please, I'll do this gate. And by the end of the, the eight minutes of that, I could feel my pulse in my gums. Mm. I could taste blood. Like, I'm not even couch yeah. potato level of fitness. So, but it's really good for training because the interval mm. means they don't, I don't I yeah. understand the science. Yeah, it, it does is, improve your fitness yeah. faster, doesn't it? Because if you're if you're not a natural runner like for example I was also someone who hadn't run much before I absolutely hated it and at the beginning you know you are terrible like you go to the gym or outside and you you know I used to jog for like five minutes sometimes barely 10 and I'd just be completely out of breath and just couldn't do it and then yeah I managed somehow managed to do a 10k last year so yeah everyone can have a go (laughs) surrounded by sportiness let's let's cross over let's cross over to Ben to find out How's that back working out for you? Do, do you? I bet you do a lot of rolling around on the floor, don't you? 
I have been doing lately. Yeah. Yes, a lot of resistance sliding around my kitchen. <laughs> Only way you can get uh, get yeah get moving around. I mean, there is a problem though, isn't it? Bad backs. It's a flip side because if you exercise loads and do some the do the cha cha slide, you will be better. You know, it's only through working out that your back gets solved, isn't it? But then you can't do any exercise when you've got a bad back. You're scuppered, dude. It is a catch twenty two. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, I, th- I think stretching. I think Ben should give it a go for us, and then mm. you can do a little review yeah. um, for the Ilford paper. About resistance sliding. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> we should you know, do that. One, one thing I did say earlier, though, is that obviously every sport that we have, every established sport we have now, has at some point in the past been some ridiculous thing that everyone's been like, oh, you know, why are you... I can't think of an example. Why are you, why are you, uh, you know, using that um, bit of wood with some string on it to hit a ball at a wall? Squash. Yeah. I think yeah. squash. Yeah. yeah. This is a fun game where we, um, where we sarcastically describe a sport and, and someone has to guess the sport. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's have, a, let's have a go at this then. Okay. Why why are you uh, trying to knock that weird flat thing around? I mean, yeah. Okay. I see that you're on ice, but it's truth. Just do some proper stuff. ice hockey. Yay. Yes. Beth, you want to have a go at one? Oh. Harder <laughs> than it looks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm subtle enough for that. I think I just give it away. <laughs> yeah, you just go full on in with just football's like, rubbish, you yeah, idiot. Yeah. Yeah, nice. like, oh no, is that it? <laughs> well, why, that should be why any are you, sport. Why are you dressed in a harness throwing yourself off the side of a building in the hope that a few ropes are going to save you? Oh, that's dark. Oh. Yeah, that is. It is, because the way you phrase that question, there's, there's an answer to it. Because <laughs> life is ultimately meaningless and I need something to give me a thrill to make, get me through the day. Oh. oh. Well, um, so uh, I think we've reviewed uh, stuff that's in the newspapers. Anything you want to... was the answer. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, that's a good point. There was an answer. Yeah. We did know that. <laughs> um, the, yes, so your news... What else have you got to plug? Let's do a wrap-up of things you need to plug. What's happening? We have got a 16-page uh, World Book Day supplement mm-hmm. in, um, in our papers this week, which is all the school... Well, maybe not all the schools, but a lot of the schools... Um, from our boroughs who um, obviously you know World Book Day uh, all the kids like to dress up mm. as mostly characters from books but I think I definitely mm. saw a few like a few storm, stormtroopers and you know there's probably been there's probably been a novelisation of Star Wars though, yeah I so think there has um, maybe not characters that originated in books mm. but anyway um, you know it's all good fun some great costumes a lot of them made by the kids or probably mm. by the parents um, and we've got a big supplement free in the papers um, so if your kids dressed up for World Book Day, um, if you had to make them that costume, um, then, you know, pick up a copy and um, have a flick through because they look really good. So Yeah. Anything else you need to plug anything, Beth? Yeah. Um, we're in Romford. We're obviously um, continuing our Mind Your Mental Health campaign, um, which our news editor Emma has been working, absolutely working her socks off on. Um, this week we've got um, another really good case study, um, a lady called Joyce. And um, she's had quite a tough time for, um, you know, the past four decades. She's um, suffered a lot of depression, anxiety, um, and also some really debilitating panic attacks. So that obviously sounds, you know, all kind mm. of, you know, very heavy, but um, actually, you know, it's really good to um, hear her story and for her to be, um, as all the other case study people have been, you know, very brave in speaking out to us, being open to obviously help reduce the stigma. And it's, um, you know, a really interesting mm. read, um, especially for anyone else going through similar issues or just anyone wanting to kind of open their eyes to it a bit. It's just there was very thing important. on Twitter where people were doing pictures with, was it no shame or whatever the hashtag was? Just saying that. Hashtag I, I mind. But then there was there was oh, shame. No, that's, that's our one, but yeah, I guess but there was a shame-related one. one, which is so true that people use insults of "oh, you're not right," which oh, they do. Oh, yeah, people need a slap. 
Yeah. Someone at the window. Uh, ben, anything you need to plug? No, not this week. No, deep heat, probably that's mainly what you're focusing on. <laughs> yeah, do some exactly. stretches, do some yeah. stretches. Uh, brilliant. Back Fa- problems. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, there'll be a, po- a podcast of this available on the internet. Uh, thank you very much and see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the local paper review. Listen to the next one live Friday, 2pm on Time 107.5.